0: Hello, I'm Jeremy Woodruff and you are listening to Lautstrom on Reboot FM, 88.4 MHz in Berlin and 90.7 MHz in Potsdam. In May 2011, I travelled to Vienna thanks to a grant from the University of Pittsburgh Nationality Room's Austrian Room Committee Scholarship. There I interviewed Karl-Heinz Essel at his studio at the Essel Museum in kloster Vienna karl Heinz, I wanted to ask you first about uh, the piece that was recently performed, "Streběbět mit Papa, Papen uh, by with the text by Andreas Okopenko, um, and I understand that you have a, a long relationship, a long history with his work, and I'm curious how how that all started. Um,
1: Okopenko was a very important experimental poet from Austria. He was born 1930, and he became famous as the author of the so-called lexicon roman the lexicon novel which was published in 1970 and it was the first uh, hypertext in literature that was ever published at a time when there was of course no internet and no world wide web so um, lexicon roman was a novel which consists of 700 different chapters, which were sorted alphabetically, like in the lexicon, and uh, like in the encyclopedia, you had uh, all those reference errors where you can go from one um, Schlagwort mm-hmm. to the next. So, they had the idea to make a computer program which represents the book and where you can read on the screen. Uh, like we can read web pages now so with hyperlinks, where you can go from one chapter to the others. Ockubenko was, of course, um, interested in this project, but he had some very um, wise um, decisions. He said, "When you do that, it's not enough just to make an equivalent of the uh, uh, printed book. It must be something more," and he, he demanded that we add more media. So, he wanted photos, illustrations, uh, original uh, speaking voice of him, and also music. And in fact, it was, was a long project that we did together because, in the end, we really uh, um, produced a, a CD-ROM mm-hmm. with this lexicon roman, which was in fact two computer programs. Five years ago or something like that, I was con- uh, contacted by a, young German uh, director of of a theater and she asked me um, whether I would like to participate in uh, a theater project with a text of Okopenko which was written uh, in 1973, so shortly after Lexicon uh, Roman. At this time he was living in Berlin in fact and he was very much influenced by this openness of the city and by everything that happened there that was post um, the student revolution. So there was an atmosphere of uh, liberality and and he was in Berlin and he was writing a theatre piece. It was commissioned by an art festival in in Styria, the Steirische Herbst, which is very important and already existing. And he wrote this theatre piece. And he delivered it, and the festival said uh, it's impossible to perform it. It's 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 not a theatre piece. It's you cannot do that. It's it's very it's it's completely impractical. Oh, no. And there were so many different layers and aspects and persons, and it was enormous, complex, and and as I said, um, it's very difficult. And in fact, together with uh, Okopenko, she made a, a version which was uh, abridged which we actually performed in May in the in Theatre in Vienna. Unfortunately, uh, Okobengo died the year before, so mm. he was part of the project, but he was ill and, and he passed away. Life because I don't wanted to have it um, just like some some pre-processed uh, sounds that are just triggered in, uh, at a certain time in, in mm-hmm. the score. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to have it like a soundtrack in a movie where a sound is constantly there, and different uh, levels and qualities uh, as, a, as an atmosphere, as something that that uh, tickles the expectation. Or, or even uh, adds a, a, a different uh, layer to this. And, mm-hmm. and as the timing on stage is always different with the, with the actors, I decided to make it as a live piece that I, I was performing live so that I could really follow the, the actors and, 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 and uh, f- fully synchronize with them. something that is more fluid than just a playback of a, a field recording. Mm-hmm. So in fact, I subdivided those cows on different layers, uh, which was uh, mixed live by myself, and I added also some uh, little sound processing on it, so that this original soundscape would get a different uh, twisted uh, appearance. So it, it, it was: you hear the cows, you hear the mowing. You hear the, the, the bells, the cowbells, but it was not a real cow. It was could also be a lion or something like that. You understand what I mean? Right. So I was really playing, trying to make it a little bit uh, disturbing and, mm-hmm. and not so, not so um, clear as 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 it would not have so been done by the specific. Was there was an indication of uh, gospel-like sound in the score, and I was. Uh, doing a lot of uh, search, search and research in the field of gospel music and found, finally found one, one very famous gospel song, Nobody Knows the Troubles I've Seen, mm-hmm. and I'm using this as a material for, the, for uh, some um, sections of the piece in different uh, interpretations uh, um, from different um, recordings that I found. But I didn't play them as 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 an entire piece, but just taking out some 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 small segments, some some measures, and building loops with it, overlapping them, so to to get this uh, nobody knows feeling, but it was not a piece anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, a sort of teaching mm-hmm. with with material. I used my, my, my electronic instrument, Maze, which basically is a computer program that I wrote with a lot of different controllers. Mm-hmm. It's not just triggering, it's right, just yeah. it's it's so a sort of a live it. processing, live mixing, live creation of, of sound from different sources and, and generators that I use like an instrument. What are the kind of criteria that you use for, for mm-hmm. a sound that
0: you'd like to
1: process? For myself, I have um, created... A phenomenology of sounds it's in, uh, that I'm using in all my compositions. So I, it, it already started in my uh, student times, in, in the 80s, that I tried to uh, set up a sort of description of, of sounds uh, where I define uh, the harmonic content of a sound, the type, whether it's a sound that has an infinite duration like a drone sound or uh, a zero-note duration like a short impulse whether it's, it's, it's from a, a piece of, of Baroque or a piece of Helmut Lachenmann or a street sound or the singing of, of, of people in Mongolia. Each sound I can classify according to, to my uh, sort of phenomenon logical system that I have created. And that helps me, for example to find the sounds that I need for my for a specific situation. Because I say I want a drone sound with inharmonic content, in a high pitch register, uh, with some irregularities. And then the system could, for example, uh, make suggestions which sounds I could use for that. Mm-hmm. But it's only the material, and out of this material um, I have those processes, which I call structure generators, which use this uh, sound as an input and then creates uh, some processes out of it. For example, it chops up the sound in little pieces, recombines them. This is a technique that's called granular synthesis.
0: Uh, Out of the Blue is a group where you always bring in text uh, to work with. And um, I'm wondering what kind of texts Mm -hmm. you tend to choose? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, this this, this project happened really out of the blue. There was a, a duo from Berlin which I invited for a concert in the museum and unfortunately this duo couldn't come because they broke. Oh! And it was one week before the concert and then the concert was announced and there was oh, a dear. booklet printed and I knew I had to find some substitution. So I called Agnes and said, hey, we, we have the possibility to do something. It's next week. Are you free? She said, yes, I am. <laughs> so she came two hours before the concert. And then she said, ah, look what I have here, and, and she had piles of books. I said, well, I, I thought I would like to use some some poets. This is a Christmas time, and I had some interesting poets that are very strange, like from Morgenstern or Ringelnatz or Härterkräftner, uh, which has some connections with Christmas, but not in this normal way, in the cozy way that we're used to it. I would like to use them. And the concept was clear that we would not um, just um, that we, we would uh, perform the first time together live for an audience, and we never rehearsed together. So the idea was that out of the blue we would create something together. So Agnes with her voice and the text, and me on my computer, and this was a magic evening. It, mm-hmm. it was fantastic because I didn't know what text she was using. She didn't know what I was doing, but in fact we we came together in a way that that we really formed a, a, a unity together, mm-hmm. and it was very uh, dramatic and, and expressive. Fortunately, I had my my uh, tape recorder there and made a recording just for a documentary, and it became so beautiful that we released it later on a, mm-hmm. on the um, on the web. It was not a um, a CD but it was a MP3 release on the, on the net label uh, if you listen we have recordings of maybe t- um, 30 different pieces that we did so far if you listen to them it's each piece has a has a um, a frame a framework so it's 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 uh, you really hear it as a piece and not just as a changing from one point to the other so mm-hmm. it by I don't know how it happens. but a very but compatible sense of form. And there's a form and, and, and the way we improvise is also much related to the way of how, how we compose because she's also a composer. Composing means not always going uh, from one point to the next. I mean just like improvisers often do the start and they just go on and go on and, and end somewhere. But as composers we always try to go back to situations that we already created, uh, starting again making variations out of it. Yeah. So this is a sort of self-referential system that we build, where we always come back and start to make a new development out of the same material and then go somewhere else and Mm -hmm. by this we create a sort of network. Mm -hmm. It's the sort of free improvisation where you really start from nothing and uh, create something and see what happens. But this in in turn is very influential for my composing and I try uh, to get those experiences experiences that I gather there, also into my compositions, that in the way I compose, I see myself often as an improviser, so that I create something, and and let's say in more abstract concepts that has more to do with uh, 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 creating a system that is running by itself. And then I'm reacting on the output that the system creates and try to improvise around this structural skeleton.
0: So it would be a shame if I didn't uh, mention one piece that you did with the artist Stefan Kruskemper, which is, Kruskemper? <laughs> which is uh, in Berlin at, on the Humboldt University campus uh, at Berlin Adlershof on the central lawn. And it's a piece called Airborne, uh, which is um, outside and consists of a number of speakers
1: do you see it here. Oh, one. one of which is this here is, this in is your a, studio. Yes, but it's not it's not the one that we used, But it's uh-huh. it's the prototype that we had in the uh-huh. beginning. Okay. The one we have now they're much more uh, uh, developed and mm-hmm. they're spherical
0: and they're speakers and they're they're quite beautiful also as objects. Yeah. Did he uh, develop them himself?
1: Yes, the speakers. I see. So he's an architect, in fact. Oh. And uh, there was a very strong concept behind this. Um, sound installation it should reflect the history of that place. In fact, Berlin Adlershof was the center of German aviation. Can mm. you say aviation? Yes. Luftfahrt. Yeah. And uh, in the 1920s, uh, they had uh, they made some experiments with airplanes and they had some buildings like um, wind tunnel. And uh, there were there are in fact historically. Um, Historical uh, uh, industrial architecture objects which are protected and they are still there. Mm. And uh, the idea was that, that the sun's installation should tell the story of those uh, times in a, in a very subtle and delicate way. Mm. This was, as far as I remember, also one of those um, uh, conditions of this competition. So the, this was a, a sort of Kunst im Bau project, uh, where art should be integrated into the the um, um, architecture of this new campus, but it should be it should relate to this place and history of this place. Stefan was to uh, uh, put uh, I don't know how many 20 or 23 uh, speakers in groups into this meadow and each speaker was is equipped with a, a special loudspeaker that we also constructed together with a firm with a, speci- a specific firm and each loudspeaker uh, tell us a certain story on the on the on top of these loudspeakers they look like uh, signal red big eggs that are lying in the meadow mm. and they have a size that can sit on it on each loudspeak on top there is a silver plate which an engraver in fact they are also connected to we are we a GSM uh, module so you can uh, control them or uh, uh, remote control them uh, with a mobile phone oh. so it's it's only for the system operator so he I could see. he could change the level for example okay. so if there's a, a certain necessity to make them completely silent he just could send an sms to the machine huh. telling them go down be soft yeah. or for another occasion when we wanted to present the installation to the audience we need some more level we could also do this okay. automatically That's a Design. it hmm. was related to those flight shows hmm. that they do and and he gave me uh, <laughs> gigabytes of sounds that he Fantastic. just copied from the old uh, Uh, tapes from the Radio Archive. This was my material and in fact for each of those loudspeakers I constructed a a generative soundscape. And this generative soundscape was then stored, uh, um, recorded in my studio. Very long it was I think for each loudspeaker it was a a loop of three hours. And in fact it was not just one three hour stream, but it consists of, of uh, dozens of little snippets that were uh, combined and was only uh, played from time to time. So, there each of those loudspeakers ha- has a, a certain uh, built in um, uh, customized chip that was built by the firm, which, which has my material, my, my sounds for this piece, and also an algorithm that I uh, developed. That defines which piece of sound is played and uh, how long uh, a certain pause could be after the next chip clip would be played. Mm-hmm. So uh, in fact, everything is is very soft and subtle. so if you if you uh, approach the space, you would hear uh, very little sounds. It would maybe remind you of, of crickets or something like that. Mm. But if you come closer, you would listen to it more carefully and and, and would find very nice atmospheric sounds that would uh, uh, come and go. And as there are always uh, a, a group of loudspeakers consisting of two or three or four, they would start to speak to each other. Mm. So mm. you really have the feeling that they are whispering and telling stories which you don't understand, but you mm-hmm. can uh, find some. some pictures of it. Mm -hmm. And from time to time it's very rare, you really would hear a very loud sound, it's like a a signal that that comes up and this sound is for example that Lily Marlene sings uh, um, the first uh, measure of of, of a chanson of hers. Mm -hmm. It appears very very randomly, Mm -hmm. only every few hours you Mm -hmm. would hear Mm -hmm. something popping up and then it's silent. And the effect is run since a couple of years, it's, it's a permanent installation. And it's open to the public. It's open to the public, it's, it's in fact, it's in the, in, 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 in the, in the lane. So uh, all the people that go uh, between the different uh, um, institute buildings would constantly pass there and in summer and, and spring, people, the students would sit outside on the lane and enjoying themselves and, and, and reading and talking and drinking. And, and have a party. So this is mm-hmm. sort of an environment that we created connected to we are we a GSM uh, module, so you can uh, control them, or uh, uh, remote control them uh, w- with a mobile phone. Oh. So it's it's only for the system operator. So he I could see. he could change the level, for example. Oh. So if there's a, a certain necessity to make them completely silent, he just could send an SMS to the machine, oh. telling them go down, be soft, yeah. or. For another occasion, when we want to present the installation to the audience, we need some more level, we could also do this mm-hmm. okay. automatically. I see. We, we used only the material that we found in the art shops. So, In fact, you have a lot of, of different motor sounds. Uh-huh, okay. And people talking and, and radio signals and shortwave signals. And also from the war, of course. Mm. Um, uh, radio programs from the Russians, from the Americans. Mm. Mm. So a lot of different voices yes. coming out of the landscape. And, and also also uh, some, some, some music that was played at this time.
0: So there's been a
1: recording made of this piece. Uh,
0: the, um, who, who made this recording? Uh, uh,
1: there is an, an artist in, in, in Berlin, Is Uli Aumuller, and he's, uh, he makes very nice um, film programs, uh, art films, and they are uh, often shown in. And uh, I, I, I asked him whether he wanted to make a, a, a field recording of, of this installation. So he came with his equipment and released this on his label.
0: I'm Jeremy Woodruff, and you are listening to Lautstrom on Reboot FM, 88.4 MHz in Berlin and 90.7 MHz in Potsdam. In May 2011, I traveled to Vienna thanks to a grant from the University of Pittsburgh Nationality Room's Austrian Room Committee Scholarship. There I interviewed Karl-Heinz Essel at his studio at the Essel Museum in kloster Vienna. And uh, by the way, many, many of Carl Heinz Essel's uh, works and uh, videos of his pieces and texts uh, by him and about him are available at .at, www.essel.at in case you want to review some of the things that we've been talking about. For example, uh, you did a collaboration with the artist Guido Cusco uh, called properties or proper ties um, that was presented at the Kunstforum Bank Austria. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's called um, IP Capsule, mm-hmm. is that correct?
1: Intellectual Property it, Capsule. Right. Yeah.
0: And uh, it, it ha- deals with public space and private space. Um, can you comment about the mm-hmm. concept of that piece?
1: Well, I don't want to go into this intellectual uh, property um, thing, because it's, it's a very complex matter mm-hmm. that was uh, developed by uh, Guido Kutzko, who in fact is a lawyer in his, in his other life specialized on intellectual property. So he has a lot of knowledge in that he's area, he's, a sp- he's that specialist in Austria. Mm-hmm. He's very famous for that because he is an advisor for, for many different organizations that deal with international property. Mm. But for me, um, the, the, the photos of Guido Kuzco were so impressive for me because uh, you see uh, uh, photos of a, of, a, of a interior of a hotel and on the one hand you see the outside, those tapestry, and those luxury uh, um, 19th century style living rooms and 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 and, and, and hotel uh, rooms, but then you see uh, a door in the in the tapestry, and 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 then you see what's behind the door. And behind the door is a completely different life. So you see a very modern uh, technology of climate and this stairhouse mm-hmm. and and uh, rooms where they store uh, their brooms and, and, and the vacuum cleaners. So everything is completely different world. So on the outside you have something which is sort of um, beautiful and, and perfect. And behind the, the door you see the real world. And this was interesting for me to take as a starting point from the sound installation that I did for this project. Well, I'm using two different um, types of uh, uh, sounds. One were the sounds of our, let's say, daily life, of our real world. The sounds of uh, the cities of human beings in different uh, emotional situations, of machines of uh, nature and on the other hand i was using uh, a very pure sound a sound which came uh, from a, a piece that i wrote for mezzo soprano and electronics and those two worlds the polished world of the of the uh, soprano singing and the raw uh, world of those uh, sound from nature and, and technique where i tried to confront them together mm. So I wrote a computer program in fact that creates two different spaces, one with the soprano and one with this uh, sound fields sound fields recording. And then it would morph them together so that the the soprano sound would color the um, the soundscapes mm-hmm. and, and and vice versa. So, but and this was a constant process, which was controlled by random operations, so that you that you always uh, shift between those two worlds, and you never know where you come to mm-hmm. the next point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I found the combination of uh, different urban soundscapes and uh, the human voice uh, expressing in a musical way to be very refreshing because. Uh, Very often, artists do one or the other, and never the twain shall meet. So, um, for me, that was quite a revelation. So, I'll play a little excerpt from uh, that piece now. I think the um, analogue that you draw between you know this maybe intimate world or perfect world with the singer and the more mechanical, uh, you know, maybe a hard-edged world of uh, urban landscapes and mechanical things um, is, is very strong. Um, w- once the random elements are put together in, in different ways, um, do you, are you able to take things out of that I mean are there certain combinations that you find then more preferable and do you try to to, to focus the program on, on those ones or for the next project how do you uh, refine the, the process of uh, random operations
1: I, I'm not uh, on purpose I'm not uh, biasing something on the material there are uh, in fact I'm, I'm really um, and an offspring of the serial serialism of the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm I like the idea of having materials that are uh, creating some um, uh, field of relationships, mm-hmm. like Stockhausen uh, did with this concept of a scale of elements that are changing gradually their properties. And also my material is building a sort of scale from one. Uh, situation to another and, and with some intermediate steps. And each intermediate steps, step is in this piece represented by another type of soundscape. But in fact, if you put them together in, in the correct order, you would really get a sort of uh, structural shift from, from, the, from the first to the last element. And all the combinations that you can, you can do are due to the material that is very well constructed. And then uh, the random operations that I use are intelligent random operations. And my random operations are always uh, uh, time-based, so they have a certain uh, notion of development of timing, and they cannot go from one point point to any other. So there is always a transition. And as everything is working with transitions in different speeds, and the combination of all those overlapping layers creates something that is Appears always organic and and meaningful. I see. So,
0: um, and what is your position about um, uh, sound and image? Uh, I think that the serialists, you know, in the 50s and 60s, in some ways, I think it would be fair to say that they look down upon the combination sometimes of pure music and other non musical elements, such as. As image um, how do you how do you contend with the these structural elements and how much did you think the um, does, does image add to sound and vice versa mm-hmm. um, do you have
1: yep. um, well, I must confess that i'm, I'm not a people not a person who uh, sees uh, colors or, or visuals when he listens to music. For me, the, the, the pictures and the sound are completely different levels, but I have noticed a lot that whenever you play music together with pictures, um, the listener would create some connections between those elements. And this always also happens with me. So I found that uh, if I create some music, which has a certain openness and is based on material that could connect to pictures or images by random processes and what comes out of this, you would create a situation where it automatically would coincide with the pictures without um, forcing everything towards Mm -hmm. a certain uh, uh, result. This is a sort of uh, magic that happens due to our perception of, of, of the world because we always try to make connections between uh, the things that we perceive and try to construct uh, meaning.
0: So the viewer listener constructs these meanings themselves yes. once the elements are combined.
1: Right. And the only thing I, I, I'm taking care of, not the only thing, but it's the main thing, that I create. I'm very uh, precise in, 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 in selecting the material and the way how it's processed and also how it could connect to the pictures. But the process itself is a, is a random process that I cannot control. But my experience is always that it's, it works like magic.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And this has to do with our the, the way how we, we perceive and how we... Uh, Listen and watch at the same time, and trying to make uh, meaning. As long
0: as the, uh, do you think that that works um, more when the materials are more cohesive? In 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 other words, do you think this magic happens uh, more uh, depending on the the materials that are that are used sonically, Um, or is it always? just as
1: uh, effective? No, it it depends on two things. It it depends on the materials, on the processes, how the materials are uh, um, transformed. Well, I I am, in in a way, I I always call this alchemistic processes. I'm trying to to make gold out of of, uh, lead, Mm -hmm. or shit, if you want. (laughs) (laughs) This is the point. eh? And by those alchemistic uh, uh, principles that I'm using, alchemistic in, in... Quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to find meaningful ways how to combine things and to uh, make a sort of cross-fadings or morphing of, of uh, elements and and uh, sounds in order to create something really within you out of it.
0: Um, lastly, I'd like to uh, leave the listeners with uh, an excerpt from some of your concert work. Um, this is a piece called uh, Blurred, uh, which is uh, was composed in 2007, revised for 2011. And, uh, can you tell us what forces, what uh, instruments mm-hmm. it's for and yep. how it goes? Uh,
1: it's based on the, on the trio for alto flute, uh, cello and baritone. a piece called Blur, a concert piece. And in 2007 I was asked by... Um, um, Peter Burig, the um, conductor of the Ensemble 20th Jahrhundert in Vienna, uh, to create a piece for um, live electronics, live instruments, conductor and a dancer. So I decided to make a new version of it which did didn't need a dancer but where I would control the live electronics uh, by myself. And In fact I completely revised the live electronic part and I, I made a a very precise score which also gives clear indication about the uh, electronic part which mm-hmm. was played by myself uh, where I had to um, um, operate two foot pedals at the same time and uh, a MIDI controller uh, with faders and sliders and every, all these movements of the feet of the fingers were precisely controlled and notated in the score and synchronized with the instrument. So. The, a real concert piece came out, whereas in the beginning, with the dance, it was sort of improvisation. So she was dancing and the electronic was just following her and you didn't know what happens with the electronics and the music, it was really a, a very open thing. Mm-hmm. But now it really became a, a piece which you could sort of reproduce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's not a just a random environment. A j-
2: Yeah mm-hmm.